This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD tools, visual and verbal triggers. Uh, Before we get into our show, some announcements. Our program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In celebration of that that event, we are giving away um, some free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you have to do is listen to our show. We'll say a secret word in our show a couple times tonight. Uh, Write it down. Listen to another show. Grab that secret word. Write that down. And then send me an email. Uh, attention at attentiontalkradio.com with the two secret words written in it, and we will get it off to Chad, and we will get you uh, a current uh, PDF copy of Attention Magazine and the one that is uh, to be printed uh, within the next couple months. Um, it's not too early to start putting on your calendar. The uh, annual international conference on ADHD for the year 2020 is in November 5th through the 7th in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more and sign up at chadd.org. We're going to run a little tip Uh, being brought to you by Chad, and we'll get into the meat of the show. Managing finances can be a challenge for people with ADHD. The symptoms of procrastination, disorganization, and impulsivity can contribute to your financial woes. One way to help is to create a financial timeline that shows your money management tasks. Break down your lists into daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly categories to help put you on the right track. To learn more about money management, visit chad.org. Thanks, Chad, for uh, your continued support. Uh, for those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage our listeners to become members or donate, donate um, to, to Chad because they're the ones that are supporting us on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agency and a, a strong financial chat is a strong financial ADHD community. Uh, to learn more and to donate, go to chadd.org. Okay, we got a great show tonight. Uh, this is uh, one of those lessons learned that I've, uh, I've done uh, shows on it periodically, uh, lessons learned um, as a coach in my personal experience and people I've coached. Uh, we're talking about ADHD tools, visual and uh, verbal triggers. Our program was a little pre-recorded, but uh, we're going to roll the tape. We hope you enjoy the show. Evie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, love having you on. So um, this is this is Evie. I've been on a real kick for like the last couple of years, uh, really exploring and understanding working memory, which has been fascinating to me. And one of the things that I just want to talk to you about today and our listeners um, are what I call verbal triggers. And so. People with ADHD, they have a self-regulation issue with a working memory deficit, as I like to say. And working memory is that thing where you take ideas and thoughts and you kind of juggle it around in your head. You sequence things. You're not really learning anything new. You're just really kind of assembling it in your mind. Um, So that's kind of the front of your head. The back of your mind is like a filing cabinet. That's kind of where you store kind of knowledge that you've learned over a period of time. And so – and and – Interviews I've done with Dr. Russell Barkley, he talks about verbal and nonverbal working memory. And nonverbal working memory a lot of times is visual. And so when you're trying to remember to do stuff, do you ever like leave something out for you to see in order to remind you maybe to take something somewhere? 
I have a parking ticket out on my kitchen counter right now. So if it wasn't out on your counter, like if you put it somewhere, are you confident that you would remember that you have it and you should do something with it? No, I'm confident that I would forget that it exists completely. Let's think about that. You would forget it as if it exists completely. Why do you think that is? It's uh, out of sight, out of mind. I I need something to remind me that things outside of my normal, not quite routine, but it has to fall very close to my routine for me to remember it with the frequency that that I need in order to take action. Got it. So it's it's a reminder that you visually see, and it kind of triggers, oh, that's right, I've got to go do something about that. Right. So it's a reminder, but we're going to, for our purposes, we're going to kind of call it a little bit of a trigger. So you're not learning anything, you just know the triggers, oh, yeah, 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 I've got to do that. That is correct. You have that parking ticket, but I sense that you probably have not just that ticket, but you have a lot of that in your life. Yeah, that's just the one that I should be dealing with first. (laughs) Yeah. So imagine people with ADHD that have a lot of things out to remind them to do things. I mean – it's kind of interesting to me because you'll go to a lot of people at their desk and they've got post-its all over the place and they've got files and stuff on the desk. And it's interesting to me because what's on their desk usually is something that needs to get done. Uh, if it's done, it's, they usually throw it away or put it away. But can you begin to see why all that clutter around is not just really clutter sometimes, that it's actual uh, triggers to remind them of things that they need to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, my desk often looks that way. Or my wall with all the post-its. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've said this before in a bunch of other shows because it's easy, but uh, when you've got to pack for a trip, do you find that easy to do? Depends on how frequently I'm traveling. If I, I at one point in my life I was traveling um, almost every other weekend, and that was uh, much easier because it became part of my routine. But now that I travel more annually, um, it's much more difficult to take in all of the different things that may or may not happen and what do I need and ugh, yeah. sort of daunting. So how do you, yeah, so when you sit there and say, what do I need, how do you figure out what you need to pack? Well, when I'm on the ball, writing a list helps tremendously. Uh-huh. Sort of like this day, these sort of things will happen, so this is the sort of stuff that I need and um, yeah. that, that is helpful. So you'll notice is that you make a list and you go this day. So it's almost like I'm not going to say you have a timeline, but you kind of walk through the trip and you begin to maybe visualize the trip and maybe start to put the items down in some type of order. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I said you visualize that trip. Some people do, some people don't. Would you say that you actually kind of visualize and kind of think your way through it? Yeah, I sort of remember what did I do at this location last time, what do we have planned, and sort of merge them together. So, yeah, I would say that's pretty uh, timeline-esque. Yeah. Visualizing. So so you'll notice is that when you're kind of visualizing that, you're kind of in your mind kind of running a movie. I'm, I'm going to a little bit of extreme, kind of walking your way through, and as you begin to see that movie, you begin to think 
of things that you need that you put down in that list. So the idea of coming up with that list is kind of simulating a movie in your mind so you can identify what you would need along the way. Yeah. Is that easy for you? Yeah, I think it's some effort. (laughs) Take some effort. effort. That was a magic word, effortful. So people with ADHD to begin to visualize that stuff is effortful. So I'm hearing that you sit down, you do that, and as you do that, you make this list. And then when you have that list, you've got this list of triggers, and then you go grab all that stuff and you put it in your suitcase. Well, there's one crucial step, and that's do I need any of this stuff between now and when I'm leaving? And what is that stuff? And then remembering to wash it. And, yeah, and then you go down this big rabbit hole of, yep. Yeah. So this is kind of important. When you're making this list to go on a trip, are you learning anything new? Or is it really just retrieving knowledge in the back of your head that's there so that you can pack for that trip? I guess that's all retrieval. Hoping that my past experiences give me enough information that I can predict something about the future. So there's not a really a new, not learning a new language or any of that other fun stuff. Yeah. So, by the way, when you remember something, you don't remember it like in a packet. What they do is you have a memory and you break it into pieces and you scatter it all over your brain. Like maybe the smell goes to the smell part of your brain. The audio goes to the audio part of your brain. So it's it's funny when you actually have a memory, you actually are rebuilding a simulation of what you believe that memory to be in the past. Same thing as if you're going to go on a trip, you actually kind of use your past memory to simulate a picture of the future. And I hope that our listeners and you, Nelly, are starting to see is that in order for you to to retrieve the knowledge, you're walking through this movie in your mind or timeline or something that you do in order to identify those items um, that you need to take. Kind of like it's in a filing cabinet in the back of your head, but you don't really know where they're filed until you kind of get that list. It kind of helps you map it out to identify it. Does this make sense? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take a break here for everybody. So far, I'm just kind of walking through this process of retrieving these ideas. I want you to kind of remember what um, Evie had said about how effortful this is. Uh, we're going to go to a break, and we'll come back, and we're going to build on that a little bit. Our secret word tonight is triggers. Our secret word tonight is triggers. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com ATR. That's addca.com ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. 
Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with E.V., who, um, who has been joining us for a couple shows, which I, I really appreciate kind of sharing lessons learned that I've, I've done on coaching. And today we're talking about uh, uh, working memory, really, and really kind of talking about a notion of uh, what I'm going to get to here in a little bit. It's called a verbal trigger. Uh, before the break, really want to kind of frame out that working memory is you don't really learn anything new. It's really about assembling information. And we're talking about uh, nonverbal working memory and having visual things like reminders out, in uh, Evie's case, a parking ticket to remind her that she needs to go do that. If it was put out of sight, out of mind, there's no trigger, if you will. There's no thing to go retrieve it in the back of her mind and say, I need to really execute that. So it's a very good structure for people with ADHD to leave something out there. Uh, we transition into the packing mode and talking about the idea of many, like visualizing what's uh, put together as a, as a means to figure out what the list is so that you can go, go gather that. So I kind of want to make this transition a little bit right now is, you know, the, the focus of this uh, show really is to introduce that, the concept of a verbal trigger. And one of the things that I have learned is a verbal trigger, and again, I, we're using that parallel of a, a visual trigger and a verbal trigger because now we're talking about verbal working memory. Nellie, have you ever been in a situation, somebody, where you were talking to somebody and as you talked or they asked you questions, all of a sudden you were able to retrieve thoughts or ideas uh, of things that you need to do, kind of like I see that parking ticket. Oh, I remember I got to do that. But when somebody asks you a question, you oh yeah yeah that's right I got to do that too. Does that does that resonate with you? Oh yeah yeah I can think of an example actually. I uh, had just Fireway. arrived at my in- yeah I uh, just arrived at my in-laws house and it was some sort of family event and my husband's aunt and I were having a conversation, and all of a sudden I have no idea what she said, but I remembered that there was something in their house that I needed to pick up that nobody else knew about. And um, so in the middle of the conversation, I was like, I have to go and take care of this because I'm not going to remember unless I do it right now. So I retrieved my item. (laughs) Very uh, rude appearing of me, but it was very important to me that I remember this thing. So this is interesting. So they said something that triggered that thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you leave the parking out, parking ticket out, and it triggers. Oh, I need to go pay that today because I'm going that direction. Maybe I got to, you know, whatever. I can go do that right now. So it's funny because I can't tell you how many times I've coached some people. I, I'm a, one in particular. There was a there was a kid I was coaching in college, getting ready to go back to college. It was a little overwhelmed because it's time to go back. They said I'm overwhelmed. I got things to do. I said, Well, what do you, I got to get ready for school? I said, Really? What is it you need to do? I need to get school supplies, and I need to get stuff for my apartment. Okay, now everybody notice I just said, what do you need to get? He said, school supplies and stuff for his apartment. Then I said, anything else? Yes, i got to get the brakes fixed on my car. 
Now, notice I asked the question, right? And then he began to give me those three buckets. And I said, well, what kind of school supplies do you need? Evie, do you notice the vagueness of my questions? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, I need some binders and I need some pencils and da-da-da-da. And I said, anything else? And then he goes, well, and a couple minutes later, he was kind of meandering. He started labeling a whole bunch of things. Then I repeated back to him what what he told me. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I need something else. Now, you'll notice is that I didn't really – I didn't say, do you need to get a pencil or a binder? I just said, do you, what do you need to get? Is there anything else you need to get? And what was interesting, that helped him think, trigger the thoughts that he needed to kind of get stuff for school. Does that make some sense? Yeah, I think when people get too specific, then they enter that thought into the head. Yep. And that is what you end up focusing on. Yep. It's like, well, I don't know. Do yep. I need the pencil? Yep. So then I said, oh, really, what do you need for the apartment? Again, I want everybody to listen to how vague that question was. And he said, oh, toilet paper, and I need uh, detergent. And I said, anything else? He said, yeah, I need uh, coins, I guess, because he's like the laundromat or something like that. I said, yeah, <laughs> really? Where are you going to get that bank? And then I said, you know, so what's left? He said, well, i got to get my car brakes fixed or something like that. I said, really, how, how's that going to get done? He said, well, I can get my dad to do that with me on Saturday. I said, okay. Well, where can you get all these other supplies? And he says, well, I could get those at Walmart on Saturday. And I said, okay, is there anything else that we need to do? Oh, yeah, 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 I need to deposit my last paycheck. I said, really? When can you do that? He said, I can do that on Monday. Now, the point of this is, is, Evie, do you notice how I was just asking those questions and they were triggers to help him recall what he needed in terms of school supplies, what he needed for his apartment. He needed to fix the brakes and he had one last check to pay for. Do you see how asking those questions kind of triggered him to draw out of his mind what he needed? Like that parking ticket is a trigger to remind you to go take care of it. Do you see how that – do you see a parallel there? Yeah, I think that this is one of the more frustrating parts of ADHD for me because all of those answers lived with inside of him, and he had them all the whole time, but there's something stopping him from being able just to, to dump it all out, and it was your questions that helped sort of dump them all out, and he, he knew when to do them, how to do them, where to do them. All of that was there, and it wasn't until – that other person was there to sort of line it up. So why, why do you need the other person? (laughs) Have you ever had writer's block? Yes. (laughs) You've got this blank sheet of paper and an infinite number of thoughts. But if somebody walks in and just says something to you, you kind of get a place to start. I think the purpose of this show is really to sit there and say is like all that I like to describe it as imagine there's a filing cabinet in the back of your head and it's in disarray. There's stuff all over it. It's, it's, it's kind of organized, but it's not. And by somebody asking you the question, it's almost like, oh, yeah, 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 that's in the third filing cabinet. That's the third drawer. I got to look for this file. And you look into you find that information. And so the idea here really is that notion of verbal triggers or verbal questions can help people with ADHD go retrieve the knowledge that they have in their mind that they're having a hard time finding. Again, that question is a trigger to help you find the knowledge that you already have in the back of your mind 
It's like that parking ticket. Seeing it triggers the fact that that's something that you need to kind of go execute. The question is, is, Evie, do you see how if you were stuck on something, just having somebody come in and asking you questions might actually help you come up with a list or kind of identify what you need to do quicker than if you just sat there and stared off into space? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It sort of helps you stay stay with the line of thought that where you're intending to stay, your attention can stay put. Yeah. Or actually just kind of help you dig into this. It reminds me of Rocky and Bull when you go back in the old days. Millennials, I'm sorry you haven't seen this cartoon. But you know, hey, Rocky, watch you pull a rabbit out of a hat, and the guy would pull, uh, pull out, presto, pull out something out of a hat, and was always something different. Um, you never know what you're going to get with the ADHD mind. But if we can kind of hone that stuff in, it kind of helps you. So I want to go another break and let everybody think about this stuff. We'll come back and kind of pull this stuff together a little bit um, in a little bit more detail and talk about how you can practically use it. Uh, for our listeners out there, our secret word is triggers. Again, our secret word is triggers triggers and with that we'll be right back after these messages you're listening to attention talk radio we'll return in a moment your life your world your choice this is attention talk radio change your life by learning more about managing adhd other places give you a few tips the add coach academy will change your life to find out more go to addca.com atr That's A-D-D-C-A dot com slash A-T-R. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code A-T-R for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with EV having a great conversation about ADHD tools specifically. We know that visual reminders can help people with ADHD, but I'm using that notion of questions as actually a tool to help remind you or trigger thoughts. Um, Certainly a question of, hey, hey, what is it you need to do with regard to the parking ticket would be one of them, but something as simple as what do you need to do today? Evie, do you think if somebody walked in in the morning and said, hey, Evie, what do you got to do today? Do you think that would actually help you begin to think about and organize your day? Some days. I I think most days. I think when I get particularly overwhelmed, the question is almost too big. Mm. Probably because I don't have a good good idea of, like, what I would need to accomplish. There's too many different options. 
Well, that could be something as simple as what are what are your priorities right now? So you put them in buckets, and then you yeah. pick the priority, and then you kind of drill down into that. So you have a good point there. That's that's. Hey, sometimes it can be overwhelming, but sometimes just having that question of what are the big things you need to get done today can help you retrieve that stuff and deal with it. Um, certainly, if somebody walked in and said, "Hey, you got to go to the grocery store. What do you need to get?" Or when you're on the road today, what do you need to do? The, the concept here is starting to see is can you see how having somebody like come into your life like scheduled consciously and even ask them, "Can you ask me questions about this?" Do you see how that can actually be an aid to speed up your thinking process and help you do things that you ordinarily might not remember to do or forget to do? Yeah, yeah, because it helps align your thoughts back to just what's today's objective. Yeah. So do you see how, like from a working memory perspective, how taxing it can be and how just sitting there by yourself all alone without visual reminders of what you might need to do? Because you need to maybe make that list where somebody just asking those questions can actually help accelerate that um, and make it a lot easier for you to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Before we started our conversation today, did you expect, I mean, we didn't kind of frame this out. Did this, was this kind of what you expected or is this new? I think that um, <laughs> it's new in that I didn't think of it in this way. And I think this is one of the harder um, accommodations, like, or, or ex- like this is one of those areas where it's been hard for me to accept. This is the type of I don't know help or support that I need in some situations is just asking other people. And I guess I didn't even know what I'm asking for. Asking people to ask me a bunch of questions about what I'm doing that day. How, like maybe maybe that's the question. How do you? find that other person when you know there's a list you need to make but you're not too clear on what kind of list or what exactly it's for the other person gets very confused because yeah. it's not ambiguous yeah so I want, I, want to, I want to cover that but I'm not skipping over that but when it comes to this and one of the things that I want to, to do is I coach a lot of adults that have been diagnosed later in life and one of the things that's interesting is that everybody I'm in my mid 50s and back in the 80s in the, in the work environment there was people there we were meeting all the time Nobody really worked out of the house, and people were always coming and asking questions about what you were going to do today, what blah, blah, blah. It was interesting because you had these verbal triggers or question triggers happening all the time. So they, were, they were so ubiquitous, you didn't even know there. It's kind of like my, one of my favorite sayings is, I don't know who discovered water, but I'm sure it wasn't a fish. It's so pervasive, you don't even know that it's there. And these days, <clears throat> a lot of people are at home, and they're struggling more. Than they did before, and as I say, what's what's invisible, what's there is you don't have anybody asking you questions to help you kind of retrieve that knowledge. And I'm finding more and more um, people are, are getting stuck because they're not in those environments where people are naturally asking those questions to have make to draw that out. Does that make some sense? I mean, can you see how our society yeah. we're starting to struggle a bit more because we're not in those environments? Yeah, and there's a I think there's more assumptions of common thought processes or common ways of being or, and that gets us all into trouble. Yeah. So let's go back to 
I'm in a hard time finding other persons to kind of ask the questions. Tell me more. What's hard about finding somebody to say, can you ask me questions about what I need to do today? Or can you ask me questions about packing? Or can you ask me questions about what I need to do to get a parking ticket done? I think it's sort of twofold. Um, I think it, while I'm in, I don't think to ask to find this person that can help me in this way until I need it. When I go to them, I now have two problems. I have to explain to the person what I want and the types of questions I need to hear in order to trigger things for the thing that I can't do on my own, which yep. is a bit of a conflict. And then the other issue, uh, I had it and I, I disappeared. <laughs> It'll come oh back. Oh, my God. I just evaporated <laughs> from my working memory. <laughs> it did. Oh, boy. <laughs> hmm. Well, you and I are right. having this conversation. Go ahead. Come back to No, you? I don't have it. It's okay. okay. I'll tell you later. All right. So before this conversation, did I mean, you haven't really thought about this, but maybe there's somebody you could call, a relative, a friend, or something like that, and say, hey, listen, I really realize that asking questions, is it okay if I call you like when I need something sometimes and just ask you to ask questions, I'll do the same for you? Does that mean now that you know this, is that something that you might could do to start finding people around to tell them in advance this is what you're looking for? Yeah, it might be helpful to then um, sort of figure out what that means together outside of a more pressured example so that they can start thinking like, ooh, how could I use this? What would that look Mm -hmm. like for me? And when people start thinking it from their own perspective, I think it's easier to then ask questions of like, ooh, so if I were trying to do this project and you were, you know, like I I would need these questions and and you can start creating um, question lists to an extent. Absolutely. So I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole. Certainly one of the things here that I really want to kind of throw out there is a question. Having somebody ask you questions, big questions, even sometimes vague questions can help somebody with ADHD retrieve knowledge that they need in order to execute something. I've had a lot of luck with this because this is a working memory issue. And I'm throwing this out there as a tool for the listeners to begin to kind of play around with. Um, Certainly finding somebody to do this. To do it, it sounds kind of daunting right now, but I would encourage you, every, all our listeners, is that if you go try this a couple times and you find that it's successful, what I've learned is if you don't focus on the outcome so hard, like I've got to go get this done, if you go do it and you get the evidence that it definitely helps, the world will actually present it to you if you wait for it. It's funny, I, I tell a story about a guy that I was coaching that had to talk out loud to think and uh one day he said i don't we call them verbal processors which is not the best word but he didn't like i don't want to be a verbal processor and i'm like yeah well you don't have really good working memory i think that's how it works and anyway he left uh, a call one time a couple days later he called me up and he was in a parking lot of walmart and he said you know i was driving down the road struggling and with a concept and i realized that i needed to talk to somebody and when that moment I looked up and I saw a Walmart, and he said, I walked in, and there's a Walmart greeter, and he said, hey, can I help you? And he said, yes, where are your mops? Actually, can I talk out loud for a minute? And the guy said, yes, and he said, he talked for like 90 seconds, solved the problem, came out and called me all excited to tell me about this. And the moral of the story is, is a, a Walmart, Walmart greeter was there to help him, and he did help him, but he didn't – he never – had he thought – like one of the things he didn't like about the, the concept is having to be dependent on somebody. But in the moment he took, he accepted it. All of a sudden, 
a Walmart greeter was a structure that he could use that was really, really pretty easy. And so, everybody, I don't want to kind of delve down to this, but I, I really wanted to make the point that having somebody ask you questions can also often be a trigger to kind of help you think and kind of move you forward. And I'd say if you try this a couple times and you have some little bit of faith, you'll be surprised at how Walmart greeters will just show up in your life and and will be an amazing structure for you. So before we kind of close this out, Evie, any, any thoughts, any questions with regard to the concept? I had something. Again, man, I'm having just the time of it, aren't I? Um, yeah, I think my big thing is this, the self-acceptance of what works and being finding that awareness. That, that will, that's the first hurdle to get over is is really accepting. Well, here's you know, here's the one thing I I would encourage you to do is maybe sit down with your husband uh, when he comes home and say, Hey, I've, I've discovered this. Can you try it a couple times with me, back and forth in a real safe environment? Because the one thing that I've learned mm. is if you do this a couple times and it works, um, and it really helps you, it's amazing how acceptance happens relatively quickly and you're able to advocate for yourself. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Success is amazing. <laughs> when you do something and you're successful and it works, uh, as opposed to it not, it's amazing how you can, you, you'll find things that work. So anyway, I would encourage you to give that a shot. And uh, with that, we'll pull things to a close. Evie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Everybody, I hope that you found this informative. Um, I tell you, this stuff really does work. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Catch us next week. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.